Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show that is brought to you along with Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Three of us here today in the form of me, Dan Moylan, along with Michael Normanton and Moscow White as well, Daniel Chapman. First things first, we need to say thank you, don't we? Because we won in London, we went we went down to London, we came back with this, which is nice if you're on the video, you can see our trophy, yep. the FSA Award Fan Media of the Year. Which we didn't expect to win, but... Thank, thanks to your sterling efforts, voting, uh, voting, good voting, yeah, good old vols. voting. We did win it in the end. I don't think we, we didn't expect to win, did we? Uh, we probably thought the Anfield Rap would win, didn't we? Because of you know special club and all that. How, but half they got half a million followers on social. Yeah, that was, so that was, that was pu- the main thing. It was a public vote, so the fact that we did, and it's thanks to your votes. I mean, if you didn't vote, then not you. But if you did, then thank you for whatever system of VPNs you used, anonymous browsing, all worthwhile. But uh, brilliant fun, just. Um, just talk me through the, the trophy then, Michael, and why it's got scratches down the front of it, because obviously I got... Oh, nice guy. There's another <laughs> That's a one. bit more damage. Yeah, I, got, I got a pasting for dropping the very first one we won 11 years ago, yeah. which was all glass. This is this is also all glass, but did survive. Um, it's, it's weightier glass, it should be said. Yeah, it's really a lot, a lot is. You could, keep, you could kill a man with that. Very much so, yeah. Um, yeah, I was holding an Audi, tried to bundle me onto a dance floor, which yeah. was up a step, which you don't think you realised, so I, I fell over, I think with Audi on top of me. <laughs> but he, he has no memory of this, so I can't confirm. We'll have to maybe get get the pub to send us some CCTV footage or something, but you, you can't really see it on camera. It's fine. It just it looks lived in. And as, and as you told us with the one we broke, it's the winning it that's the important bit. Yeah. It is important also to bring a trophy home. With that's you, not what you said when you smashed it up. You said winning it was the main thing. I take it back now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now no, someone else has caused damage. Okay, no, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, honestly, thank you again. It's a real honour to have won it, isn't it? Because it was a public vote. So... Awesome. We're really, really proud of that. And um, we will treasure it and we'll probably milk it for many, many years to come, I think. Yeah. Why not? I don't see why not. Uh, shall, I, shall I put it in its rightful place now? If you want to shelf mount it, tuck by it, all means tuck it in behind Bielsa. Yeah. Is alongside him, does it want to go? Should we? Well, are we going to have to take Bielsa down if he goes to Bournemouth? This is probably more for the main show. Just paint, him, paint stripes on him. <laughs> but yeah, he can, live, he can live in that corner. Yeah, yeah. Because that that's the trophy cabinet, mm. isn't it? We've got a bigger trophy cabinet. That's, uh, that needs more trophies in it than Spurs, which is a neat segue into talking about what happened. That feels like a lifetime ago, given all the drinking that went on. Uh, a word, by the way, to the guys, Maz and Mark, from marching out together as well. We were sat on our table, so it went, we were we were mob-handed. We were leads on our table. Seven of us out of the ten were leads, weren't we? They was robbed. Yeah, well, probably. But um, yeah, it was lovely to have their company. We had, a, we had a smashing night, particularly when Maz came back from the bar in the hotel. It was the Nobu Hotel in North London, very posh, Portland Square. It was basically free wine. They kept putting it on the table. So obviously we kept drinking it and being from Yorkshire, 
Maz just uh, mooched off to the bar, came back with one in each hand, unopened. Saying, it's free. We might as well have it. It's like absolutely perfect reasoning. Um, but yeah, we had a good time. Thank you so much for allowing us to have, uh, to create memories um, interspersed then. And the questions that have been thrown up by the football world this week. Propaganda is all about what's been said in the football world by you, in the media, on the fan channels. And let's answer the questions that have, have been posed. The first question, and it's kind of thrown up by the, the variety of comments um, on uh, our TSP Plus members' feedback is, is it even possible to get the right tone with this Leeds United team? It's a very confusing team, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I sort of think we're, we're both good and terrible at the same time. I think we've got good players, but just doing things occasionally that make us look absolutely abysmal. Like conceding four. Yeah. Scoring three is great. Yeah. Mm. And we scored four in the game before that, but we also conceded three. Yeah. So if you take the Carabao Cup out of it, it was seven goals scored, which is great Good in seven days. That's, you know, you'd love that. Mm-hmm. But also seven conceded, and that's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've taken your points, goals equals points thing to heart, and they've been like, don't matter, lads, concede as many as you want. Score your way to safety. Scoring's the important thing. It is, it, it is better that we can score than not score, because that seemed to be the problem a while ago. And so it's there, isn't it, that if we just go back to defending how we did at the start of the season, but keep scoring like we're scoring now, problem solved. Champions score, League. score more, concede fewer. Yeah, but then even that, it doesn't, uh, I think trying to work out what the, the plan should be or the principle should be, it basically, when we were defending our, at our best, it was Diego Lorente was in the heart of our defence and everything was fine until we went to Brentford. And then since then, we've taken him out of the team but we've got no, we haven't managed to go back to our Urente strength. But nobody, I think anybody is thinking, you know what we need to do, put Urente back in and then the defence will be fine. None of it so makes it's, sense. It's very yeah. difficult to work out what we do from here. Boney M's comment, I couldn't be more confused by Leeds right now. I need to sit down. And to give you the, the, the breadth of comments, um, sign 1919, you seem to want to stay away from being too negative, talking about the match ball, even though there was so much shit on display. It is admirable, but mistaken, talking about us. But then Scott's Oates, you got it spot on, chaps. <laughs> Bloody awful individual mistakes are killing us. Let's hope it's not terminal, though. Pat Bamford's eco shoes. At least we're good for a bit. Very leadsy result, to be honest. And Panchi just asks, are we shit? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. It's, it's, you can't possibly look at the breakdown of goals we're conceding and say we're not at least shit at some things. Mm. Because there's just those massive, massive spaces. The, at, the, at either wing and then at the edge of the box, we don't seem to be able to defend those, those gaps whatsoever. Well, um, here's what... A variety of people had to say about this. I had the unfortunate experience of being in this South Stand among all the sports fans today, um, not in the away end where I really would have loved to be. You know, when Somerville scored a fourth goal, just having to sit there with a blank face, not saying anything, not celebrating, it is the worst when you're just like screaming inside. Um, I think overall, though, good performance. It's heartbreaking not come away with with anything from the game, uh, especially when Hardy Kane's fourth goal shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have counted. But it is what it is. Four threes are great, but only when we're winning them. Unbelievable. Games management. Three two, game management. Three all, game management. Four three, that's not game management. We should have won that game. Miles making attacking substitutions in the 89th minute. I'd really like to meet him that <laughs> now fucking seed. That's Connor Marvin and our friend Ghost Shark there, which is why oh, I didn't... Is that, is that what it was? I didn't yeah. recognise his voice. <laughs> didn't rec- I didn't want to name check him up front because, you know, let's not spoil the surprise of having uh, Ghost Shark on the show. Yeah. Of course, we, we won the 
the four three Liverpool game, didn't we, on our first game back? So a four three defeat can be good because yeah. we all we all took that to be at least a draw, didn't we? Yeah, we were so young and full of hope and optimism then, though we were new to the Premier League, weren't we? It's weird, though, isn't it? Because it just it's just about the way the game goes. We, we there is a way we lose to Spurs four three and aren't annoyed. It was just the fact we kept taking the lead and knackering it. No, it if, if we'd been four 0 down and then clawed it back to four three, yeah, or even if they go a couple up, we get it back to two all. It's three two. It's three. You know, if it goes like that, it's sort of and it's not quite so late in the game. I think people are all right with it. I think throwing it away in two minutes as well, mm. uh, like two very similar sort of things going down there, uh, their right and cutting in, and you know, it's Marsh's involvement in all that is difficult because it's they Tottenham scored twice doing the things that he made tactical changes specifically to stop from happening. He said, well, we'll, you know, he expected them to spread the play, so we'll go five at the back so we can double up out wide and we'll stop the crosses from coming in. And that's exactly how they scored their two goals in two minutes. But then his claim afterwards was that the players weren't fully committed to the tactics and behaviours that would have stopped that from happening, which, I don't know, I mean, maybe you can say that. And obviously the players performing better in those moments would have stop the goals but also did we need to make that change when they were doing pretty well being committed to the behaviours that they were already doing to go three to up (laughs) you know we were playing perfectly well and there's a there is obviously there's always the argument for going more defensive and you need to shut up shop but when something does blow up that badly it's hard to just put it on the players who suddenly had to change what they were doing from doing something that was working well into doing something that immediately just went wrong. What's a person from Wisconsin called? A Wisconsinite? Wisconsiner? A cheesehead. Fine. Well, Wisconsin Todd is here. I need to check that in case of hilariously offending somebody. (laughs) They're from Philadelphia. Wisconsin, phew. (laughs) Um, Right, anyway, Wisconsin Todd has been on just talking about the very thing you mentioned there, Moscow, actually. Well, I don't think Jesse is perfect. Uh, I think some of his tactics do accentuate some of our flaws. I guess what I keep coming back to is what manager or what tactics are out there that are suddenly going to make a squad that has a pretty limited ceiling in the Premier League suddenly get leads to where we want them to be, which is safely mid-table. I just don't think that person is out there. I think we are limited by the you know constraints of our owners. He's a fellow cheesehead, along with um, Jesse Marsh, so mm. he's naturally going to be in his corner. I mean, one of the things that did help us do very well was stuff we were doing in the first 80 minutes so there is it is possible to do well with this team three goals against Spurs um, I know they're not the best defensively but it's not to be sniffed at and we've played well against Liverpool we've played well against Bournemouth we've played well against Tottenham but I can't I just can't shake this feeling that sort of we're a little bit better when I mean we didn't play well against Bournemouth until we changed it there's, there's an element of like the less Marsh does the better we seem to, to be Is that unfair? That's yeah unfair. I don't know well he changed it on he keeps having to change things. Like plan A never works. We're always having to go with plan B, it seems like. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just confused trying to fathom it all out. <laughs> anybody. But the Bournemouth, we were terrible for 60 minutes and then he had to, to come up with changes. So that was successful. But then you ask what was wrong with the first 60 minutes. And then Tottenham, we were great for 70 minutes and you're thinking 78 minutes. And great, right. Good stuff, Jesse. Well done. But then he makes those changes and it all goes wrong. And then he's saying it's the player's fault after the game. And you're thinking... Where are we at with with this fellow? Mm. I think I think it's because he's never had a good run of games, has he? Mm. Where we've yeah. I th- two on the bounce is the most we've ever won under him, and even that's only happened a few times, I think. And it just feels like I, th- I think that leads to a slight lack of faith in what we're doing. Yeah, 
That's it. That's why it feels unfair is because you you haven't built up the bank of trust. So he's often he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't like at Southampton. But then the Southampton one was, he'd been crowing all week about how he's going to use substitutions to get around the heat and then didn't make any. So you, you lose sort of faith trying to marry up the things he says with the things he does. And then you're trying to work out, well, what's the, uh, where are the positive impacts coming from? You know, was Bournemouth him or was it just, you know, Nonto and Somerville come on and, well, Somerville was already on, but Nonto comes on and is just a surprise, brilliant performer. And changes the game. Greenwood scores an incredible goal out of nothing. Is, it is that of, him? Is it a bit then, of both? Probably. Yeah, probably. But then, um, but Michael's right that what you need in that is you need to see like a bunch of games where you can clearly just build up some momentum and just go, yeah, this guy actually does know what he's doing. Because this point last season, we still had Bielsa in charge. We were doing, we were more or less on the same points, I think, weren't we? But we all still had faith in it. Because we'd seen it work for three seasons. Exactly. So it's not, We'll be being, but even though we, we even being, then we weren't, we weren't great, were we? That's the thing. No, we weren't. But we still had the faith in it. That's what I mean. Yeah. So we were, we were very much backing him last season at this point. Whereas with Marsh, it feels like, are we being unfair now, not being completely behind Marsh, or were we being ridiculous and rose tinted about Bielsa at this point last year? Well, no. The difference is that you know what a success, what the successful team looked like at mm. this point last year. You knew what we were trying to get to. Whereas we've not seen a successful, consistent Jesse Marsh team. So the question for Marsh at the moment is, is this going to get so much better or have we seen it as good as it is and this is it? Whereas we knew with Bielsa's team that we could do better and we just weren't getting to it. So you you knew what you were wishing for. At this point, you don't know what the next step's going to be, which is why it's really confusing. So to address the question, is it possible to get the tone right with this team? We don't know. Absolutely no idea. (laughs) It depends on your point of view, isn't it? it? I think there's a lot of people who who think we're being too pessimistic about Marsh and we should be supporting him more and there's lots of people who want him sacked now. <laughs> so so we're never going to get it right. But the <laughs> the fact of it is that from being on the verge of being sacked, what looked like, at least from outside, he's turned it round mm-hmm. and there's been enough in the two wins and then the enough in the performance at Spurs that you he will be here in January and the end of December. Um, and that's when it all comes down because... Uh, the end of December, City and Newcastle, you know, we'll see what happens. But then after that, we've got Nick Forest and West Ham and Aston Villa and Brentford. And that run of games, um, it would be a big ask of any team to win all four. But if we went I'd eight... Ta- I'd take it. And if we went eight without winning, it would be nice if we could go four without losing in January. And yeah. that would just give us a big platform for um, next year. So that's so at the moment, trying to do, trying to make any decisions about Jesse Marsh it's all just a bit a swirl of porridge and we need we need more data and he can stick around and give it to us with our blessings well if it is confusing you maybe the best option is to do what dremit did and just don't really bother <laughs> didn't see or listen to the game so can't really say anything but the occasional glance at the live score was thrilling uh, nil 1 2 3 3 3 4 3 um, the Square Ball California Pale Ale is magnificent well done lad there you it go it's available from North Brewing on the website on the internet that's where the websites are kept um, and they're still putting them there yes you've got to be over 18 only for for North Brewing and to buy any booze yes you've got to put that out there because we can't be selling booze to children no um, it, and it was an exciting game it was a good game as well two teams playing pretty well us you know the result is terrible but I quite enjoyed watching it until the last few minutes but then the last few minutes felt a bit like oh yeah we were going to do that weren't we so and, you used know, to it we've, we found out as well through listening to Tottenham fans that we're not the only kind of Jekyll and Hyde fans who can't quite 
make our minds up about what's good and bad. I mean, I mentioned that my dad left um, Ellen Road when Leeds were 3-1 down, uh, only for us to win 4-3. And the Tottenham lot do it as well. So this is Tottenham away, is it? Even yeah. though they were at home. And the, the, cut, the bad cut at the end of this isn't my bad cut. This is how it ends. I wonder if he's kind of just thought, oh, I'm going to go back in <laughs> at this point. Not the only one leaving. Quite a few leaving. It's just ridiculous how every time that there's an attack on our goal, it's got a result into a goal. Literally, that's been the case today. Every single attack leads has resulted into the ball going the back of the net. Fucking shambolic defending, man. Yet against Costas. We can't concede this many goals every game. Bearing in mind the third as well, or whatever they are in the league table now. Because 3-3 by the sounds of it. You can hear the roar there. But it doesn't change my thoughts of the game. <laughs> I'm doubling down now, in my opinion. Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope. Come on, man. 3-3. So it seems like, as you heard the roar just now, but I'm done with it. I saw <laughs> I'm done. Just stop pressing the record. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to go back in. I am going to go back in because there's still 10 minutes to go. Don't leave early. Ever. Why would you? What's wrong with people? Well, yeah, it's only 3 2. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's incredibly spoiled. I don't know if it's just because he's filming himself, so it feels like he has to, you know, it makes better hashtag content. And if you're marching out the stadium in a mood instead of sitting there and just enjoying a football match. Yes. Mm. We literally didn't score with every literal attack, literally. Did we um, literally not? But we did all right. I think um, underrated was Rodrigo hitting the post when he was offside. I know that like, there's like four different reasons why it's not a goal. But it was a. <laughs> but apart from that, it was a good practice for the one he scored in the second half. And that and also his uh, turn and volley were great finishes, which I enjoyed very much. They were nice. It's nice to know they're Jekyll and Hyde as well, though, isn't it? It's nice to know that all fans have that sort of irrational, despite where they are, They've still got that irrational hatred of their own team for letting, for letting them down. What did you make of Spurs? That's the question I want to ask from this. I thought they were pretty crap. <laughs> I think they were quite... I, think they were, I did think they were quite lucky that we let them score some goals. And the goals, their goals were lucky. The first goal, which we'll come on to the referee stuff, but the first goal simply shouldn't have counted. And then a couple of deflected goals. They, they only should, scored one proper goal. Poxy. Yeah, they should have scored that one with... Um, what's their fullback call that they hate? Emerson Royale. Emerson Royale, when he... Blasted it over. I know, the I know it said Serge Aurier, but he's an old one, hate, isn't he? <laughs> it was the classic goal against Leeds, and he fluffed it. It's like mm. we, you know, you you get all that room at the back post, and you can pick your spot, and he did pick his spot. So we were lucky there, but then, yeah, completely ridiculous on the on the first goal. I suppose they can they just look moody. We were saying that before the game when I mi- I misidentified their captain. They give it to the goalkeeper instead of the centre forward. But the just yeah, they they seem like a pretty miserable bunch. I suppose the worrying thing from our point of view and Spurs fans might ask questions is how every time we scored literally with every literal attack that we literally scored they were literally able to literally um, raise their game and literally equalise. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Our favorite pundit here on the show has some thoughts that he'd like to share. Football in the most expensive library in the world. When their fans do actually get fucking vocal, like sound like they're from the 19 fucking 60s. Let's go shark for you again. <laughs> I did find in looking for um, for some propaganda clips. I came across an old clip of a of a small girl at, a, at Spurs trying to get a high five off Deli Alley, and he's going and he ignores her, and she says to Dago, "He's mugging me off. He's mugged me off." <laughs> Which I quite enjoyed. Being mugged off, should we talk about the refs then as well? What do we do with refs and VAR? It seems to be the perpetual discussion that we have. I mean, for God's sake, even Dermot Gallagher thought that this was a foul. Former Premier League referee. Was there a foul on the keeper here? I think Langlet clearly fouls the goalkeeper for me. And I think the clue for me is the goalkeeper's in the air there. So I think the goalkeeper's in the air. He's got to play the ball. Um, I think Langlet goes into him. I think they're very, very lucky to have a goal. There you see there. Why I say that's so out of kilter with what we see week in, week out. Um, in The one thing you'd say we have this suggestion, the goalkeeper's overprotected. Well, he wasn't there, but I was surprised no foul. It was a foul. It was a foul. It was a foul. And he's right on it there. You can, it's almost frustrating how often fouls are given on goalkeepers for nothing. You think, oh, they, you know, you wouldn't give that outside the penalty area. You've only given that free kick because he's got gloves on. And then suddenly we're shoulder barging Ilan Melia into the back of the net. It's like and, the 50s, wasn't it? Yeah. And everyone's just saying, yeah, well, that seems fine. Mm. <laughs> needed, it needed a bit of Pathy News commentary going, <laughs> and it's a fair challenge. <laughs> In he goes, it's a shoulder. <laughs> That's allowed. Adam's red going to get rescinded because the first yellow was a blatant dive. Can't do that. It's outside of the remit, isn't it? But yeah, if you're going to if you're going to take the the benchmarks for what's a foul and what's a booking, etc. Adam's walking near someone, yellow card. Melier in the back of the net with someone laying on top of him, not even a foul. Yeah. Um, Graham Turville asks a very pointed question. He says, "Does Paul Tierney, who was on VAR at Stockley Park, know who his father was?" Seems not. Mm. He was the same man who was well who disallowed the Pat Bamford goal for the push on. Um, I mean that was a brutal foul. On, on Gabriel wasn't yeah, it which was... again if you're talking about levels of force involved lucky to make it through the night wasn't he Gabriel I get mm. the feeling you could, you could sit down and show Paul Tierney like an exquisitely researched 90 minute documentary about his family tree and at the end of it he still wouldn't know who his father was <laughs> some thoughts then from our TSB Plus members why does the goal that Pat scored in the Arsenal match get called off as a foul on Gabriel if they can hit the goalkeeper like that, and then and then Kane can push Adams with both hands in in a way more deliberate manner than Pat's. Var fucking sucks. Kane's eight well eyes was a fucking disgrace, and guess even the VAR was yeah. 
bull fucking Tanny. We all know what it is, don't we? That's right. <laughs> it's not wrong. Sums it up well. Thanks to House of Stoats slash Stouts, uh, Bay Area Brandon for that, and obviously Ghost Shark. Yeah, so Harry Kane, I think, in the build-up to them getting that run of corners, pushes Rasmus really blatantly in the back, gets away with that one. He then pushes Adams like three times as the corner's coming in, and then they two of them rugby tackle Melier. But apart from that, the ones on Adams weren't pals, though. But they, but they are, but do you know if if that's if you're giving open them, play, yeah. well then Rodrigo's won't count for for the tackle in midfield that no that was a dive that was a dive if, if you watch that replay because I had a Spurs fan pop up into up into our mentions and I screen grab went in the back thought oh I'm not I'm going to watch that again and see I, I checked it as well because yeah, I had some right. Spurs fans complaining about yeah, it yeah and actually you freeze frame it and what Adams does is he puts his body across and puts his foot down on the floor in front of was it um, Benton Kerr for that yeah as well he just and he, so he put his body across him didn't touch him. Benton could just run into him. It was the same as the booking. Someone thinks they're going to get fouled by him, so they just jump before yeah. they get to him. So, but Kane on Adams in the box. I saw someone mention that, so I watched it back, and I was like, "You almost you weaken your own argument by when you start mm. bringing like fifty fifty ones, in, or it's not even fifty fifty. You mm. might be into it. They blatantly barged the goalkeeper into the yeah. net, so it shouldn't have been a goal. It's as far as anybody needs to it's go true. with it. Although, to, talking about that series of corners, the one that we obviously scored from. Was this the highlight of the Spurs game? Do you think? You know the bit that we mean? We spoke about it, I think, on the match ball. Single given. Rocker is going across to take it for Leeds over on that far side. And um, the big lads are up from the back, inevitably. Leeds will try and capitalise in the final couple of minutes of this and first half. And the deepest man is Somerville. Uh, as we've seen previously. Rocker with the corner into the near post. Headed away by Hoiberg. And then helped on by Kulusevski. And then it's flicked into the penalty. Yeah, Rodrigo! Yes! Oh, Rodrigo has cracked the ball into the back of the net for Leeds United. I do like listening to Bryn Law commentate. That's why I thought I'd go for the Bryn. Yeah. Rather than the, it makes uh, me feel alive. If you're not sure what we're referring to there, rewind about 30 seconds to 45 seconds and listen for what's going on in the background. Yeah, shit! Yeah, so shit! It's good. It's good use of a seat near the front. Is it? <laughs> There's a you can make a, a big difference. I saw a clip of um, some Fulham fans, um, and I don't I couldn't work out who the other team was. Or the player was a substitute warming up and puts his he's warming up with his boot on the advertising hoarding, and the Fulham fan who's sitting there just starts saying, "Oh, all right, mate." It's the other team. He says, "All right, mate. Do you, do you think you're going to get on?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I don't know if they're, if they're going to put me." He's like, "Oh, so uh, um, what do you think of the game so far?" He's like, "Yeah, we're doing all right." Did and the next one. Where are you from then? Because he, he picks up an accent. He's like, where are you from? So so different to this. I, <laughs> I respect the... Uh, there was a moment, I think it was Brentford a couple of seasons ago when Calvin Phillips was getting along with the, the kids who were down the front of Brentford's um, end. But that's just Calvin Phillips being nice to everybody, every child and small animal that he meets. But yeah, just engaging in like a little get-to-know-you session mm-hmm. with the other team substitutes. Our friend at... Uh, Tottenham there I think is, is making more use of his front row ticket Leeds fans have got good um, a good record of this as well the Histon one where someone picked up the pitch side mic and shouted ITV's fucking shit I remember for like I a 3pm three, a 3 PM game or whatever it was well, as, a, as a former employee of ITV what did you think when that happened you were there I thought it was really funny that started it didn't it that was the, the beginning of mm. Sky TV is fucking shit that so. is still chanted to this day it was because the I don't know why it bothered them in the ground, but the coverage, you know, you're used to a game being rained off in person, but it was difficult to see it being rained off through a camera. Mm. That seemed, all the rain seemed to be captured inside the lens. 
that they were using. Everything else was probably fine. And then commentating out of a garden shed on the roof, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure that was the first um, instance of that being sung. Respect good, to that person. Good fun. Yeah, and when it comes to Leeds fans, are we the most cynical bunch in the world? How do we raise funds for the January transfer window? Because loads of people have been saying we need to strike a left back and now a centre back. So what are we going to do about it? And uh, I like it how centre back's been added to this list in the past <laughs> in the past fortnight. We're, we're missing the central midfielder as well. Someone's going to have to put central midfielder soon. Mm, I mean, well, central. It is there is an argument for it because um, Adam, off- Adam Forshaw, blue heart, yellow heart. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be nice. I'd love to see him back. But there's um, there was the element when that one of the problems when we went five at the back was that we just left Tyler Adams on his own in midfield with the other defensive players to shutting up shop with him were Sam Greenwood, Crescencio Somerville, um, who was the other player that was on? It was just a bunch of forwards, wasn't it? And him. And then Mark Rocker often seems to be the one who's getting a little bit caught out when people are running from midfield into our penalty area. So beautiful as his left foot is, you do wonder if maybe we have to wait until Darko is ready for the Premier League or um, a more energetic centre midfielder could work. But we can't have everything, can we? At least Matt Cleek's got, got the World Cup off. He'll be nicely rested. He was going away on his holidays by the looks of it. I saw he's, uh, he put some suitcase pictures on, uh, on Instagram. Oh, it was a dead giveaway of travel, that, innit? So yeah, he was, I think he was by, a, by some car- a baggage carousel with his little, uh, he had a, a little child suitcase on top of his. So he's obviously going away for a nice little family holiday rather than going to the World Cup. He had a... A supreme sticker on his luggage, of course, just making sure he's resolutely on brand. You have to love him. Uh, yeah, Dick Van, no control. Do we detect a hint of cynicism um, contained within this message that we received saying, how much will we get for Somerville this summer from Newcastle? He's got to be worth 30 million. So what, around six or seven? That'll be Jackie. Jackie's on his way out, isn't he, maybe? Who knows? Well, the biggest question I feel that um, was thrown up by the Spurs game, it's the rebrand of the big sexy pirate, isn't it? Here's Neil and Bobby. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Pascal Stroik. I think he does his best every week in a system that leaves us horribly exposed, especially, you know, in the fullback positions. He's a centre-back, he's about eight feet tall, and he just has to chase players like Kulisevsky and Salah, and he does such a good job. And I just wonder how good he would be at centre-back, like Michael said. And just sign a fucking left <laughs> Fuck's sake. The biggest disappointment of the whole fucking game was, what's happened to the big sexy pirate? What the fuck's he done to his hair? I'm devastated. Honestly, I don't think there's any coming back from this. Ah, enjoy the World Cup, fuckers. Bye. <laughs> Bobby eyebrows. Well, I think he looks good short hair as well. Yeah, it, it, I think it works both, yeah. you got to remember when he turned up, he had a short back and sides, and looking back to that, it's like, it's like seeing a different person. Um, it's a flower that's bloomed. Mm, and the... The little ponytail man bun pirate thing really was working for him. I don't know about him going back to the Hasselhoff version, but it's his hair, his life. We can just we just avert our eyes whenever he comes on the pitch until he sorts it out again. <laughs> right, um, let's move on from, from Leeds United because we're on holiday now, aren't we? Uh, but one thing we can do is we can still bask in the misery of other people, which is obviously one of the cornerstones of what propaganda as a show is all about. Where are we going now, Michael? City Extra, Moscow's favourites. Second again, Consuelo, all that. They had a good weekend, didn't they? Nope. So City lost in the... So they had a calm weekend. 98th minute to Brentford. And this is what City Extra had to say about that. Phil Foden corner. (laughs) 10th corner of the game. 
Oh no! Oh, you've absolutely fucking been fucking dusted. Oh, we're in the fucking serious shitter race. Taking good no, taking good yeah, no. It's three on two. It's three on two. Fucking lost it. Oh fuck! Good defending. Got back. Oh no! Goal. Oh my god, we're in the bin. We're in the bin. Fucking deserve that, you shit twats. Deserve that. All game shite. Zero subs shite. That is poor, man. That is poor. Absolutely deserve that. Our corners. What have I said before about corners? What did I say about corners? Our corners are a disgrace. They're a disgrace. I'm sorry. I don't care about that stat last year about us having the best corners in the league. No. It's a myth. Our corners are actually embarrassing. Mate, we're fucking, fucking shite, shit. mate. We're fucking Absolutely shit. Absolutely shit. We are shit. Shit. <laughs> 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 just just for the record that's Man City who have uh, 32 points out of 14 games at more than two points mm. per game yeah I just looked at that so across the season they'd be getting 87 points is basically where they, where they would be ending up which I think for the majority of Premier League seasons would have been enough to win it for you mm. I, know, I, know in I, recent, I, I know in recent years it's gone up towards more like Michael I'd take 87 points right now if you offered it to me can we actually reach 87 points? <laughs> it's a good question. If we won every single game. I don't I mean, know. How many have we got left? So, oh, it's, it's, not about you, it's the sort of bet you put on Moscow. It's sort of life, doing some life maths here now. So and we get 38 minus 14 um, gives us 24 games to play. So 24 times 3 equals 72. Um, <laughs> plus, two. what have we got? I don't actually know. 15. We can get to 87 points. Oh, get in. That is, oh, that's good, isn't it? That, that's very serendipitous that that came up. So we can still get to 87 points if we win every game from now until the end of the season. But we'll, that'll still make us shit. Mm. Yeah, because we'll, we'll still finish behind Arsenal and it will be unacceptable. <laughs> I did love it. I mean, it was like, I know there were stats last year that said we were the best at it, but, but I'm, dis fuck off. I'm disregarding the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not happy with that. To get angry on the internet. Arsenal, they'll still win it. Arsenal won't keep up this up, will they? No, you wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, well, I don't now. think they'll win another game. There you <laughs> yes, go. That'll, good one. That'll secure the title for the Gunners. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, that does wrap up propaganda then. Um, before Christmas, we'll be back with when we're playing again, Man City. Man City. Well, well, I'm not, at least we don't have to worry about the corners. Indeed. Well, yeah. Uh, so we're playing on the 28th. So we'll do uh, propaganda sometime thereafter around Christmas slash uh, New Year. But we will carry on regardless. We've still got the weekly show to come. There's propaganda extra as well. Some more questions and clips. Um, that we've got to gather together. Uh, what else have we got this week? Guide to James Milner. James Milner. Going to chat about James Milner. Played so. his 600th game, didn't he? So Yeah. A mere, mere pup, about him. pup of a lad when he started in a lead shirt. So we've got all that to come. And uh, we're carrying on across the World Cup as well. We're just going to chat a few times a week. About it's, going to be, it's going to be shit, but it's going to be on, isn't it? Yeah. And we've got the finally the, the uh, World Butter Cup as well, which is quite hard to explain the format of, but we're following the World Cup tournament structurally. And we've put in Leeds players to represent the teams that are in there but the working out is, is quite difficult it's not something we can explain in a minute is it yeah they're not it's not like as simple as as a, an Englishman representing England in the group it's a European it's the sort of federations that are aligned yeah. with the groups it's, it's quite complicated but Moscow you've not been involved in this have you so you're you, probably as confused as, as anyone yeah, it's, it's absolutely thrown together nonsense but we've, we've gathered in some celebrity big names to come and play the Butter World Cup with us Phil Hay is doing some of that with us and he's already done the initial draw, hasn't he? He has. Um, he was confused. Johnny Buckham from BBC Radio Leeds. He was confused. Who, um, where he, he squirmed when we, because we recorded some of the episodes earlier, some of the stuff about human rights, we were probably career ending for him, but he didn't, um, he didn't answer, he sat that one out. <laughs> I think he, he, he knows, he's, he does live radio, doesn't he? So yeah. he knows, 
He knows what, what not to say. He knows where the line good. is. So that's that's um, going to be over on the extra ball for our TSB Plus members during the World Cup, keeping everybody entertained. So have a look out for all that, and we'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.